0: Everybody, welcome back to MM Podcast, Canberra Football Show, Episode 35. Like I said, Russ is always here for the milestones, the big three-five. Russ, how's it going today? Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, great to be back here again with you guys and socially distancing from Michael. (laughs) Not (laughs) so from yourself. (laughs) But yeah, good to be back again. Looking forward to chat all things local football. Michael, how's it going today?
0: Before we get straight into it.
2: Yeah, I'm good, Matt. Another action-packed of uh, you know football action over the over the weekend. So looking forward to, like always, just sort of sitting down and and dissecting it all. Uh, especially with with Russ here as well, who's one of the best minds that we've got around. So it's always it's always good to do that when we when we've got Russ here.
1: Geez, the check must have cleared, did it? <laughs> 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 yeah, it? Let's let's get straight into What's
0: What's our, let's get straight into it. What's our first uh, matchup of the weekend?
2: Yeah, so we had West Canberra Wanderers uh, pick up a, a massive win uh, over Tuggeranong United, 5 1. Uh, we had uh, Selden, Paisler, Cole, Thornton, and Vasilowski, uh on the score sheet uh, for West Canberra. Uh, Booznil uh, got on the score sheet uh, for the away side in Tuggeranong. Uh, but West Canberra, obviously, they put their uh, recent slump of bad form uh, behind them, uh, which was very much needed uh, for them. They were in a bit of a rut there uh, in terms of results. So this is exactly what uh, they could have hoped for, uh, three points and a big win uh, at home as well. But obviously what's more impressive is the fact that they were able to, when the scores were 1-1 and they they go down to 10 men, they, they go on to score four unanswered goals to go and win the game. So that just speaks to their character and, and their desire to win. So kudos to them because, you know, you don't see that very often at all. You know, it's always more often than not the case when you go a man down, you're chasing the game or, you know, it, it's, it's harder for you to then go on and win or defend a lead and whatnot. So uh, credit to West Canberra uh, for being able to put forward a performance like that, considering being 10 men down and knocking in four unanswered goals. Um, the the win puts them third uh, in the MPL one standings as well, which is uh, great for them as they look to sort of cement their place in the top four come the season's end. Uh, whilst for Toggen on the other hand, you know they can they continue to struggle this season and are still without a win uh, to register next to their name. Russ, what, what did you make of this uh, result uh, for, for, for both sides and how this one sort of played out?
1: I've seen a lot of both teams this season and the second half was probably the worst performance I've seen from Tuggerong United in a long time. The capitulation um, that happened against 10 men would have left Mitch Stephen scratching his head. That first half, they gave away a goal after 90 seconds. Jay Seldon scoring up for... Four ball from Conor Nolan, which Michael Mentor put through, took it really well. The recovery from that was excellent. Harrison Bunnell scored a header off a corner in his third of the season. Um, He can hold his head up from my point of view. The two teenage strikers, Mark Richards and Jenna Saruti, can as well. No fault um, blame attached to them. They were on top of it, tugging on, going into the break. They were against 10 men. Michael Mentor got himself sent off for something rather ridiculous uh, for a hand in the face, um, following a, a bit of a wild hack on Cam Doherty. And all the cards were in Tuggerong's favour. Then the halftime whistle blew, and what we saw in the second half just beggars belief from a side that are supposed to be fighting against relegation. The attitude and the commitment of the players, I think you'd have to question. Um, and I don't like doing that because I'd like to think that they would put themselves out for it. The body language when they went 2-1 down wasn't great um, after Jackson Pazer scored a really nice goal. Um, and the response just wasn't there. And I think Mitch and the coaching staff will be scratching their head as to how three points that was there for the taking turned into their worst performance of the season. Take nothing away, though, from Yuli from De Silva and his wanderers who took every chance that came their way in the second half and played really well on the break. In my opinion, they actually looked like a better footballing side without Mensa there, and that's no disrespect to him. Um, they just look more fluid. Um, the boys they brought, brought off the bench all made an impact. Great bench to bring on. And they scored some really nice goals, uh, then dominated the midfield. Jay Seldon was causing all sorts of problems with his runs um, down the flank in infield. And when they took their chances, they took their chances. And what summed it up, I think, perfectly for Tuggerong was the fifth goal. Blaze Lovzlowski's tried a, a chip from about 40 metres um, it's down the throat of Jacob Wiseman. And he's just misjudged it, taken his eyes off it and fumbled it in the net. And I think that about summed up the day. And what Tuggerong need now is a response. And they need it quickly. Um, otherwise they'll be playing MPL two football next season. And I think that response, you got to, you think it's gotta be led by the by the experienced players, the players that have been there and done it before, but they really need to step up. They really need to show that they want to play for that football club and they want to stay in MPL one because otherwise the last 10 rounds of the season are gonna be a slow death knell for them. Yeah. And as a former Tuggerong man, that that hurts me to say.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess before we move on, and I guess I'll boast this question to to both of you concerning uh Tigranong. I mean, we, we've already touched on it that that they're still winless at at this at this point of the season. I mean, it, it, do we do we think that at some point that that they can turn turn it around? I know that it's a conversation that we've had sort of after you know maybe the first five six games or of or it's well it's still early in the season they can. Just look at next game get a win there but you know another six games have gone on and they're still unable to you know get that victory that they so desperately crave you know there's not too much longer left in the season uh either um, and they need to start picking up points like i guess where is that win going to come from i know you touched on the importance of you know the experienced players needing to to step up uh but but, but are there any sort of aspects that that we can look at togonong sort of um, point of view where they can sort of draw on any, anything else to sort of get them out of this rut?
1: I, I think we've spoken about it in previous shows. They've got enough quality players in the group to pick themselves up some points. We've seen six draws means that they're not too far away from getting, getting a result. I mean, I was talking about this on the weekend. Basic math suggests three wins and three losses is better than six draws. But six draws means you're tough to beat and, and you're hard to break down the second not 45 minutes, notwithstanding, on the weekend. What it also suggests is you might struggle to score goals. And I think that's been their issue all season and it continues to be their issue. There's only been a couple of games this season where they've scored more than once. Um, I think they have 12 goals they've scored this season, only three in the first half. Um, they're generally chasing games, which doesn't help them. And when they've been up against 10 men uh, as against Bell Conin and against the Wonders on the weekend, they haven't been able to take advantage of that numerical superiority. So, it's going to be hard for Mitch. He's a, he's a confident coach. Um, he'll know his players better than I do and better than we do. Um, whether he, he starts going, well, let's give the youngsters their heads. Teresi and Burger will come back on the weekend, I would have thought, from his ankle injury. So that will help them um, defensively. Um, he'll probably slide in next to Harrison Bunel and Sean Kiddy played 60 minutes on the weekend, um, reasonable 60 minutes from him, considering he's been out for a long time. So those kind of players they'll need to step up to the mark. I'd like to think that they can get a result uh, sooner rather than later, but they are running out of time.
0: Yeah, look, before we move on, I just, yeah, it's a bit, It was. It was I think it's a bit concerning, especially um, what was put there. I think Andy sort of summed it up sort of well in his, uh, in uh, I think that little commentary bit he put up. So it's it's it's, it's disappointing to see, but, hopefully for Tavron they can turn around soon because even like, you know, just as neutrals as well, you want to, whoever gets relegated, you want to see it go down to the wire. You don't want to see it, you know, with eight games or whatever to go, seeing that final, you know, relegation place solidified, um, especially in its first season back, we want to see it go down to the wire. So I hope, Tugger and United can bounce back soon. Can I just make a quick
1: point yeah. on the Wanderers, though? I just want to say to the Uli's team that they were really good oh, in the yeah. second half. Yeah. When, considering they'd lost a couple of games before this one, um, the the fact that they managed to pick themselves up off the canvas, having seen their early lead disappear down to 10, they were up against it. Their response was extraordinary. I think he's built a really good squad there. Um, and you, all you can ask for for his substitutes is to make an impact. And he's got people like um, Ben Obst who came on to Mutlu and they all made an impact. Blaze Loveslowski comes oh. on, scores a goal. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Yuli and his team. And that three points for them is a big three points. If they can get um, another win under their belts over the next couple of weeks, they'll still be in that mix for the top four.
0: Yeah, uh, well done to them, especially with a uh, penny leaving as well. It seems like the people who've come in to replace him have just, you know, like mudlu and whatnot have just stepped up.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good. They've acquired some good players, and I think uh, as I spoke to Yuli about it in the weekend, he said it's one step backward for two steps forward at the moment for them, and that's a good thing for them and, and a great result for for the Wanderers. Um, whatever he said at halftime in the changing rooms, uh, perhaps say a bit more of that, Yuli. We'll see a lot more goals. Yeah,
2: right.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. All right, and we move on to the next matchup. we got Canberra Olympic 1, Tigers FC 2, Popovich and Kelly with the goals, Ehegi with the goal, which was a penalty for Canberra Olympic. Tigers continue their fine form this season with an important away victory at Olympic. Ihege half the deficit, like we mentioned, uh, in the second half with under 20 minutes to go, but Tigers saw the game out and took all three points. Olympic were able to, you know, back up with their, uh, with their last minute win against West Canberra last weekend, which will uh, disappoint the playing group. But nevertheless, they were, you know, only, they only remained two points outside that uh, top four, which is key for them. But like we mentioned, Gunners have that one game in hand, but it is against Tigers, who are currently flying at the moment. So uh, any team that is just below Gungala might consider, might, um, Sleep a little easier knowing um, the fact that Tigers are flying at the moment, but as we all know, midweek games can turn any sort of way. So, Russ, what do you make of uh, this result?
1: Uh, Tigers keep on trucking, don't they? And um, they've got themselves three more points from a tricky away fixture at Canberra Olympic. Um, I think the only problem for Ryan Grogan has been that they've made it hard for themselves over the last few weeks. They did it at Tuggeron, um a couple of weeks back. They had a nervy last three or four minutes when they didn't need one. Got themselves into position here, two nil up and cruising, um, but then conceded a penalty, of course. And then that last 15 minutes becomes a little bit more nervy than necessary. For me, this was the tale of two goalkeepers. At one end, we had Angelo Constantin back in sticks for Olympic for the first time in a long, long time, 254 appearances and uh, and counting for the big man. And yeah, nice to see him back within uh, the Olympic goal. Couldn't do much about the two goals. I mean, a cracking finish from Jay Kelly, wasn't it? On the right oh, yeah. foot um, into the top corner. I saw a lot of shouts for offside for that first goal. I stopped the video and I think it was onside. I think he was played onside um, after Griffith stabbed it to him, Nick Popovich. Uh, but interesting for me for this one, the fallout um, may fall around goalkeeper, Jacob Cole. He was, he was taken off after about an hour and replaced by Dean Cowdery. And I thought he might've been injured, but he wasn't. Um, there's no injury there, no real explanation as to why he was substituted um, other than to uh, perhaps give Dean Cowdery some game time. And, it's an odd one because you don't often see it, do you? And I'm far BS for us to question what Ryan Grogan's tactics are in, in making a substitution. Uh, that's his prerogative, but you don't see it very often. So that struck me as a little bit odd. Um, as it was, though, three more points for the Tigers and they keep, they keep winning. And again, uh, we've said, we've been to Olympic a couple of times. Yeah. You've been with me commentating on games. It's a tough place to go. And that team that Robbie Cagnat has got, um, they keep fighting to the very end. They work so hard. Run and they, yeah, they don't give you a minute's piece, do they? No. So I think that's a really good three points for the Tigers. And as you said, it keeps them on that coattails of Canberra-Croatia, makes that Gunners game whenever they play that one. I'm um, not sure they've sorted that out Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Tigers-Gunners, rearranged game, that's going to be massive um, for both teams, judging by the results we've got. But yeah, good three points for them. Olympic need to pick themselves up again, I'm sure they will. Um, just uh, confirms their up-and-down season, doesn't it, with Canberra-Olympic. Um, bit of a yo-yo side, but they've got points on the board. That's the most important thing. And
0: what do you you think about the um, they've added some depth. What do you think about the new depth they've brought in with
1: uh, Oida and with uh, Fabrizio? Yeah, when are they going to play them? (laughs) I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Daniel Fabrizio was on the bench on the weekend. He came on uh, for his first start for the Tigers. Nico Oida will be available soon uh, to play for them as well. You chuck them into that group that they've already got. You've got Rocco Stricker. um, You've got people like Jared Tonini on the bench. Julian Borgner might be on the bench. You've got Sam Whittier, who can't get a game at the moment. There's so much attacking quality in that side, it it beggars belief. Rocco Stricker, and then you go further back. It's such an incredible team that Ryan Grogan's building there. Um, They're building for the FFA Cup. They brought in some quality players for that competition. They've been handed a a tricky zonal group, I think, that we saw um, with all the teams from New South Wales and Northern New South Wales. Um, I think there's 12 in that group, of which four are a League teams. So they're going to get a tough draw as it, as it is. But having those players who've experienced um, the top flight of MPL around the country is certainly going to help them. I'm looking forward to it. I should be a cracker. And uh, we look forward to when
0: that uh, draw is announced. Michael, what's our next matchup?
2: Yeah, so our next matchup, we had uh, Canberra, Croatia. Uh, obviously the top, top dogs in the MPL one at the moment, uh, getting an emphatic win. Uh, at McKellar Park at the expense of Belcon United. Uh, We had goals from Ugrinic, uh, Toneski with two, and Barak uh, with a goal as well. Uh, They ran right at at McKellar Park, you know, a dominating display, uh, which we've obviously seen quite a few times uh, this season when they're firing, firing on all cylinders, especially when they sort of get that first goal. Uh, as well, they're, they're a very hard team uh, to stop once they build a little momentum, put the goal, sorry, put the ball in the back of the net, and then it really allows themselves to sort of free up even more and and attack. Um, so, I think they obviously didn't let the absence of the of the re- returning Thomas James last week, uh, you know, af- affect them. That um, they are able to stay strong. Uh, as I mentioned, they you know, still have quality and abundance to get goals even with without him there. Um, They, they stayed st- solid at the back uh, to obviously keep a clean sheet, which I think uh, will boast well for them as well. Um, You know, tough result for the on the flip side of things, you know, who are desperately trying to get themselves back into that, you know, finals contention there. You know, we, we've seen them over the weeks just flirting in and around, being in the top four, then falling out. So, you know, they, they currently... Six, sit sixth uh on the ladder at the moment so uh, it's not all uh done obviously there's still a lot of um, football to play and and you know points and ladder position is still very tight in and around that fourth spot area so um they they can't hang their heads uh too low but at the same time it's a disappointing result to get at home especially when you have the league leaders uh, coming to your home turf you want to put on a you know a prideful uh, display. And it's just not how it turned out for them, unfortunately. Uh, Russ, what what were your impressions uh, of this game? Obviously, another Canberra-Croatia win. They stayed top of the league, uh, but not so good on the flip side of things for Belconnen.
1: No, not many sides go to Mikela Park and come away with a 4-0 win. It's an impressive away performance from Canberra Croatia, and they're just building momentum at the right time for them um, in terms of, of ticking along at the top of the table. Um, it comes down to a goalkeeping error after five minutes, didn't it, really? give the Canberra Croatia the perfect start. Jordan Fertel doesn't normally make errors like that. He came and missed one, um, and it gave you Greenwich uh, the tap in from a, an acute angle anyway. It was a decent finish. Um, but, but once And then you look at the second goal that they scored. It was off a long throw. Uh, Ryan Keir flicked onto the near post. No one picked up Toneski on the far post who scored to make it 2-0. Um, you give Canberra Crater a 2-0 lead after 14 minutes of any game and it's going to be a tricky to get back into it. For Belconi United, it's, it's one of those ones where they might have looked at it before kick-off and gone, well, probably not going to get much from this today because our form has been fluctuating. It's been up and down, as you mentioned. Um, they've gone into it not in great form. Probably not happy with the performance they put in. Although at 2-0, they did have a glorious chance. I think it was Luca Flores had a great opportunity from about eight yards out, which he put over the crossbar. Um, you've got to take your chances against a side like Canberra, Croatia. It's quite tight, though, isn't it? I mean, the Blue Devils, it's not death knell for them for any stretch of the imagination. They've got a, a big game coming up this weekend. They can get three points from there. They'll be right back in the mix again. Losing to Canberra, Croatia is no disgrace Um you know, it is, it, is a, it is what it is. And um, I think Dean Greenwich's team are ticking along nicely and I think uh, deserve three points. Did mention goalkeeping. I should have mentioned it back in the Wanderers game. And um, hats off to Matt Pickett, who came in very late in that game for the Wanderers, for Mason Interlandi, who was unavailable to make his debut for the Wanderers. And he was excellent. We talked about the goalkeepers in the last game, so it'd be remiss for us not to talk about the goalkeepers <laughs> in this one as well.
2: going to be at the of, the of the weekend at the moment. Well, I've got a
1: couple more coming up as well. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, are uh, we ready to move on?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to ask Russ one question. Yes. In terms of Belcon, you said it's not uh, uh, time to hit the, 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 the trigger yet, especially if they can uh, bounce back this weekend. But like we've mentioned, they haven't won since uh, Canberra Croatia, their, the previous match where they, where they beat them in the league uh, in the first round of fixtures. They've lost uh, quite a few players. they lost Super Sitch. They've lost uh, Menza. They've lost... Uh, Leon Mikkel, and they also lost Vucic. So that's quite a few players have lost. I know they've got a few 23s playing. Michael Piccolo is going to be out for the weekend as well. He's still injured. So in terms of uh, putting that all together, it's a sort of just like regrouping now for Fabio Micelli?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's got enough quality in his team, hasn't he? You look at the back four that he can put out. He's got people like um, Isaac Clements, Phil Bourgeois, Um, Darren Bailey at both ends of the park, whether you're going to put him up front or in defence. Um, Dustin Wells, Taylor Beaton. There's some really good players in that team as well. They've been there and done it. Um, I think they were a little bit less mobile than Cambridgeshire on the weekend, and that cost them a little bit. Um, but they've got a decent football outfit, um, and I think there's just a not the panic button for them just yet because they've got they've got enough points to be in yeah. and around that four. And I think they'll they'll they kick on from this. But much like Tuggeralong, they they need to point sooner rather than later. They certainly do. And we move on to our last matchup in
0: MPL 1. We've got Monaro Panthers 1, Gungala United 1, all level at Riverside Stadium. Kofi Danny with the goal in stoppage time in the first half. And then Misko Namoski scoring the goal for uh, Gungala United. Uh, we mentioned the, uh, the goal scorer there. He capped off uh, um, his 250th MPL appearance with that goal. So it was good to see that from him before Kofi Danny, of course, responded there. So the draw keeps Gangalan inside the uh, the top four, uh, two points ahead of Olympic, whilst Monaro stay in seventh spot, four points off Gangalan United though. So in terms of Monaro, they're not too far off, especially if they get a win this weekend. And in terms of Gengarlin United, uh, quite a few uh, new young players as well in there. They came off the bench as we saw in the second half, and they brought um, uh, they
1: brought uh, even more life into that Gangalan United. So would you say, Russ? Yeah, draw, um, I think, was a fair result in this one, to be fair. Um, uh, you know, both sides played quite well in the first half and even he matched in the second half. And two teams that wouldn't look out of place in the top four, to be perfectly honest, when you're looking at the wrap up at the start, of the se- at the end of the season. Monero um, Panthers, just their luck. You'd have to look at it and go, what have they done down there at one stage? Stephen Dominigi cuts inside, hits that one off the left, off the right foot, curls it past the keeper. He hits the inside of the post and falls straight down to the hands of Jacob Quinn, um, who was stood there. He bowls it out and within five passes, it's in the back of their net. Mishka Namoski's excellent finish on his 250th appearance. Brilliant finish. Left foot, very crisp. Um, Evan Alexander Ridley perhaps unsighted by his defence who were trying to block it. But how's your luck, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, it could have gone in, could have gone anywhere. Um, went straight to the keeper and five, uh, five passes later, it's 1-0. They responded really well. I thought the equaliser they took um, just before halftime was, was a very good goal. Um, the build-up was good. I mean, yes, they were a bit fortunate with Habsamer his touch going straight to Dominici, did well to keep it in, but a glorious pass in from uh, Tim Bobolus and Kofi Danning somehow got in between the two defenders. who didn't see him coming and scored with a really good header. At one apiece, it could have gone either way. I think the second half was was much of a muchness and I think both teams would be happy to come away with a point each from what was a good fixture and another goalkeeper uh, making a first start yeah. of the season, Jacob Quinn in, in nets for... Um, Gungalin in the absence of Josh Laguda because of his concussion suffered last week and uh, and he looked very good as well. I mean, we're blessed with a lot of good goalkeepers in Canberra and we said this in one of the earlier shows, um, a lot of the first grade keepers are very, very good. We're seeing their understudies get a go here and and uh, yeah, they're doing just as well. Um, very good, strong position of Canberra football. A point of peace, you mentioned the ladder. I think it's a good draw for both teams and I think they'll be satisfied with what they got. And before we move on to the next uh, matchup, some people
0: might have seen the, uh, the Bar TV uh, match with you and uh, Stephen and they would have seen uh, McLaughlin playing, even though he got a red in the previous match. Can you just explain like, the ten- technicalities of why he-, he still ended up playing, how he got rescinded, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, we had a whip around and got lots of used $5 notes and went to see the, <laughs> the Capital Football Judiciary Committee. And then, anyway, what happened was um, basically at the end of the game, um, Tommy McLaughlin had a chat with the the match officials. And I think he explained his point that um, the, the point he had made to the referee at the time, uh, he felt that he wasn't talking to the referee. Um, he was talking about the incident rather than at the referee. And the referee, um, to his credit, I understand, uh, took that on board and sent that into to the judiciary. And they took that into consideration and, and uh, rescinded the red card, which... I'm, I'm in favour of if that's the case. You know, right. I mean, it, it, it goes to prove that the referees are human after all, and you can have that respectful dialogue which we've we've talked about and which has been doing the rounds um, with the with the referees. And if they're prepared to do that, and you're prepared to give your case across it in a manner in, in which they feel isn't abusive, then you know you might get a reward out of it. And I think it's probably the right thing. I mean, I don't think we all were very surprised when we did that game that we saw the red card. We wondered what had been said. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that's why Tommy McLaughlin was on the field because the red was rescinded, and uh, he got to play. And Jeremy Habtemariam 100 MPL appearances as well, although didn't quite go according to plan for him. Tweak the hammy again. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's taken off with a precaution rather than it's gone again. Fingers crossed. And Sam Habtemariam back from his knee injury as well. So positives for the Panthers and positives for Gondarvan as well. You mentioned the young boys that came on for them, uh, bigger squad as well. Really helps, doesn't it? Certainly does. Michael, uh, what is our first matchup
2: of the weekend? Yeah, so for our Round 13 uh, matchups, our first one, we've got Gung Island United uh, up against Belcon and United uh, Sunday, June 11th, 3pm uh, at AIS, Grassfield 2. Uh, this is going to be a great matchup, a very tightly contested uh, matchup. Uh, obviously, we speak on, you know, the recent struggles that Belcon and United have experienced and then wanting to get back in the winner's circle and, this is a great chance for Gungal and United to keep themselves uh, in the top four and, you know, create a bit of room uh, for themselves, uh, for those, you know, teams that are looking to get inside and, and steal their place. So uh, I'm going to go for a Gungal United uh, victory in this one. What about yeah,
0: you? I'm going to agree with you here, Michael. I'll go for a Gungal United victory on this one. In terms of Belcon, it just doesn't seem like momentum's flying their way at the moment. And even uh, they can't seem to put their chances away as well, the ones when... Uh, when it matters most for them. And like I mentioned, just doesn't seem like momentum's going their way. And Gengarland seem to be in really good form at the moment. So I'll probably go with the Gengarland one. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Any uh, interesting stats for us on this one?
1: Well, it's unofficial uh, and it hasn't been confirmed just yet. But I believe that Teddy Beaton and Darren Bailey are both suspended, um, having received four yellow cards for this one. According to my statistics, it may not be the case because sometimes they don't get recorded. <laughs> so we'll wait and see what happens. But I believe both of them uh, might be out on the weekend, which obviously tilts the balance again in favour of Gungahlin. Um, even more so, uh, they're looking in good form at the moment. They've got a, a really good front three um, in Moski, Bernardo Madrid and Michael John. They've got Dom Giampaolo coming back from injury as well to bolster that. And a lot of the young boys you mentioned on the bench to come on and make a difference too. So um, everything would point to a Gangalan win, but these two sides generally go toe-to-toe quite well together. So... We'll wait and see. Um, If I was a betting man, I'd probably tip the gunner. So
2: So our next matchup, we've got Canberra, Croatia at home to Canberra Olympic uh, Sunday, June 11th, 3pm at Deakin Stadium. I'm going to go in favour with the you know, informed Canberra, Croatia. They've been excellent uh, all season long, uh, especially in this moment right now. and Coming off the back of that fantastic win against a side like Belconan, it's hard to tip against them at the moment. And We mentioned Canberra Olympic. They'll They'll come with a lot of fight. They they play very rugged. They'll they'll play all ninety minutes, uh, and they'll put forward a good effort. Um, but I do see Canberra Croatia uh, getting getting the win in this one.
0: Yeah, look, I, I do think it's going to be closer than their than their previous matchup it was a five two or something like that. Um, in their mm-hmm. previous matchup in the round one fixture, I do think it'll be a lot closer. But yeah, Canberra Croatia is just very hard to tip against them at the moment, especially in these big matches. They seem to really step up in these uh, derby matches for them. Any, any thoughts on this on us?
1: Again, as with the Bell common, um, news, this is also perhaps unofficial and Matty Gerbisham might be suspended as well for Canberra Croatia. may have got his fourth yellow card on the weekend also. So... Um, any other team, you'd say losing a player of that calibre would be an issue. But when you've got a, a defence as good as they've got, and they can bring in people like Subisic, who's not been playing, or Marko Vrkic, who's been in and out of the team as well. It doesn't really make a lot of difference, does it? It's such a great squad they've got. And, you know, bad news for everybody in the league, and especially for Olympic on the weekend. Daniel Barac is scoring. Jason Grinch is scoring. Nick Toneski's found his groove now, and he's scoring. Nikos Kalfas is out injured. He might be back for the weekend. Adds another another string to the bow they're just strong all round, aren't they? And it's very hard to pick against them, especially at home, even if it is in the uh, Canberra Classico. <laughs>
2: uh, next one, we've got uh, Tigerong United at home to Monero Panthers. Um, also this Sunday, 3pm at Canberra. Uh, this is a tough one for me to pick, but I- I'm more inclined to go to the away side here in, uh, Monero I, I was thinking that this could be a draw depending on how Tuggeron bounced back from that loss to West Canberra but I am going to go with uh, Monero to sort of build off the back of that uh, draw that they had with uh, Gungahlin United and, it, and I think it's a really important game for Monero to see um, you know three points in their sights and you know get them closer to, towards that top four
0: yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with a Monaro victory on this one. Like we mentioned, momentum currently isn't going Tuggerong's way, but in terms of uh, Monaro though, they, they should have seen Ross Barkin back after he's um, one match um, out with the uh, accumulation of yellow cards, which is always a key in the midfield for them. And then Pena seems to be doing uh, well for them as well. He's been a really good player this season for West Canberra, of course, making the move to Monaro. So I'm going to go for Monaro victory here. Any, uh, Stats on this one, Ross. Yeah,
1: Lasso, could be back as well when he, he yep. should be after his suspension as well. Um, I think this all depends on the attitude of Tuggerong United in week in the week. We mentioned it at the top of the broadcast about how um, I was disappointed with what they showed in the second forty-five minutes. The best way to banish those kind of things is to come out with a performance, yep. isn't it? Um, and it, there's no better time to do it than at home in front of your fans against a team that that um, are fancy to beat you. Um, there's no two ways about that. But then Panthers were fancy to beat them at the Riverside and it ended two apiece, and it could have gone Tuggerong's way there. Uh, you, you'd have to say on current form the way things are going, you can't see anything other than a Panthers win. But as Michael mentioned, um, Tuggerong, if they get their game in, in gear, they're hard to beat. And, and so a draw wouldn't be out of the question here. But um, Frank Case is building something with the Panthers. They're getting a bit of belief under their belt at the moment. So they'd expect to come away with the three points, but they'll give Tuggerong the respect that they do they deserve
2: Absolutely. Uh, the last match that we've got uh, for the round 13 fixtures is Tigers FC up against West Canberra Wanderers. This should be a cracking game, uh, most certainly, especially uh, West Canberra Wanderers, you know, getting back in the winner's circle emphatically, uh, coming up against uh, a Tigers FC team just in red hot form at the moment, uh, sitting in second position in the NPL table. I mean, they're playing some great football at the moment, Tigers FC, and You know, uh, I'm going to pick them in this one as well um, to get the three points. But, I mean, it'll be tough because of how West Canberra Wanderers uh, played last week. And, I mean, if they can maintain that sort of effort um, to uh, translate over into this game against Tigers, I mean, they're going to be a tough proposition for the Tigers. And we sort of talk about the Tigers sort of lapsing in and out uh, of games. You know, Russ, you mentioned there, them being 2-0 up, you know, looking cruisy and then giving away a, a penalty to get Olympic back into the game and giving them a chance to, you know, to obviously um, draw. And look, thankfully for them, that didn't end up happening. But it's just little things like that, that they have to be wary of uh, in this one, especially against the West Canberra team that have so much uh, quality as well. Uh, but I am going to go with the uh, Tigers FC win in this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go for Tigers FC in this one, but it's not going to, like you mentioned, it's going to be very close. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the same scoreline as it was in the last round of fixtures, uh, where it was uh, heavily in Tigers favour. But with the performance that West Canberra put on um, uh, this weekend against Tugger, I don't think it draws out of the, um, I don't think a draw will be out of the question, but I'll I'll stick with with tigers on this one, Russ.
1: Yeah, they'll have the belief, won't they? The wonders yep. that they can go there and get something, and that's what you need when you go to Nigel. um uh, We've mentioned it before here, is get, again. I keep saying it. The, the surface down doesn't help. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> help either side, and I don't think it helps the tigers, does it? I mean, uh-huh. in the way they want to play, but it's a home game for them. It's a, that's going to be a really good game to have a yeah. to have a watch of, I think, and I think there'll be plenty of goals in that one. Um, I do think if there is. a... Um, an Achilles heel to the Tigers team it could be that they're a bit susceptible to pace um, to, to, to real pace and I think Wonders have got that in abundance um, in the front three especially with Jay Seldon he causes problems for everyone uh, so whether they can make that count will be um, will be the question Tigers full of goals full of confidence um, you'd expect them to come away with a win Hello, everybody. Welcome back to NPLW.
0: Uh, We've got Jeremy McGar back on bracing it. He's a little bit sick, but that's all right. He's, uh, he's a trooper today. Thank you for coming on, Jeremy. Greatly appreciate it, Matt.
3: Always thanks for having me. I'm, I'm not sure everyone understands what I say in general, so it's just going to be a little bit harder right now.
0: <laughs> uh, Bringing the banter as always. Let's start with the match we were at, and maybe that's how you uh, got sick, uh, up on the uh, scaffold there at deacon. Um, Canberra Croatia 3, Belcona United 1, Hagen Gill with two goals and Backhouse with a goal for Belconnen United. Very dominant performance from Canberra Croatia, especially in that second half. It's safe to say, Jeremy. Um, in terms of Belconnen United, they uh, it wasn't their best day at the office, especially against their arch rivals. That's now three losses in a row in terms of the competitive fixtures, not in uh, in a row. And Belconne and United did get a victory in the Community Shield, but that was before the season started. It was before these three losses. Uh, but they did have a good response, though, when uh, Canberra Croatia went 2-1 two, two up. Less than a minute later, Backhouse scored the goal. We thought that was going to be more uh, better things for Belconi United heading into that second half. But unfortunately for them, it wasn't. Uh, before I pass it on to you, in terms of Canberra Croatia, uh, once they finally, in my opinion, once they finally started getting the, uh, the ball, once they were able to get the ball out to the wingers, uh, in Fogarty and Palombi, you saw they it created even more havoc. And then in the second half, they were able to get to the wingers a lot more. And then that's where it went, especially credit um, to uh, Olivia Fogarty. She seemed pretty um, isolated at times on the wing, but she did well to work her way in, uh, move, move into the in, more into midfield, get the ball out. Uh, du- uh, you know, dummy uh, uh, Jaber or, or Johnston, whoever was there and sort of suck them out of positions and move their way in. She's done very well this season, hasn't scored as many goals as the rest but in terms of her work rate, absolutely top notch. Uh, she's been really good this season and of course, what else can we say about Renee Juna? J- uh, Jeremy Nara raving about her on the, uh, on the commentary. She's just seemingly just slot into the fullback role. I'm not sure how much fullback um, experience she's had but you got to say she's been one of the best fullbacks in the uh, in the league this season jeremy
3: yeah exactly and uh, the first time i've seen her play i think uh, i think marimo was with me, with me on the yeah. on the commentary uh, and and he did say that uh, he knew how good she was and that she was a great prospect um, and that she was she was promising and she definitely um she definitely shows us right now uh, all those promises and and yeah like you said she slowed in seamlessly and uh, I, I can't i don't know how many ball she intercepted on on Saturday but wow. it looked like every time they were looking for um their left wing uh you had Rune journal jumping in uh yeah you know it was tough game for Belcon as you said and the game is even tougher when you have a camera crash who's was in top form at the end of the game when I had a quick chat with uh, Nick Brosnich um the coach of camera crash of course he he said that he was he was pretty happy and and thought that he was one of the best game that uh, he's seen this season from his, from his team. I mean, you know, okay. they were all very concerned. They were all um, aggressive the the right way. You know, the last couple of games against Belkonen there was a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit of back and forth that maybe wasn't the right way of being aggressive, but we didn't see any of that during that game. Uh, they were always, always first uh, on the ball. You know, a lot of jewels were won by Canberra uh, Croatia, and then they sort of forced belkonen to a, to commit some mistakes, you know, we've seen a lot of balls um, sort of cheaply given away uh, by Conan, but that's because they were always under pressure. Uh, you mentioned Rene Juna on on the other side of the pitch. Uh, Alice Churchill also has done an excellent job. I mean, you know, not that we expect anything less from her on her um, 201st game with with Canberra Croatia, uh, but I think both of them, the combination of the of them, the pressure that they've put on the on the forwards, they sort of forced them to play a little bit more defensive, and then. For Belkonen, now it's hard to play the short ball because in the midfield, Hagen, Berkeley, and Bissett are so dominating, and it's hard to play the direct ball as well because well are born for this sort of isolated um, in the middle of Fensom and match. So I think, you know, what we, what we are seeing, and it's that up until last year, Belkonen had the wealth of experience and the team that was unbeatable and the players that are, that are used to play together and that are bringing that experience into winning. And now this year we are seeing that Belconian in the past couple of years have changed quite a few players and Canberra Croatia is putting themselves into that situation where the players have played together for three, four years and a new player coming in, uh, it's only one or two position person that is changing, not more. So you have the experience, you have the team that um, the girls that are used to play together. Uh, and obviously, clearly the group is living well and having fun uh, playing together and they just play hard and they play well, but both to fit they're amazing. And when they have to defend, they defend really high, really well, as a crew uh, you know you're you mentioning olivia fogarty the amount of ball that she recovers as well right into the defense of belkonen uh, on the on the third goal she's uh she's it's amazing what she's doing with with Gillen and, and palombi to try and to score that third goal uh it, it was a dominating pers- performance from camera Croatia, and when they play like this right now i don't see anybody who can beat them uh up until the very end if that's the kind of game they're going to give, you know, bar injury or suspension, or, you know, a uh, a fluke goal considered early against a team that's overly defensive. Uh, I think embraer Croatia is maybe like a a class over anybody else in the competition this season.
0: Well, let's wait and see what happens in that regard. And I forgot to mention, uh, everyone played so well. I forgot to mention Grace Gill, Mm -hmm. of course, scoring a brace. And I thought this was her best match of the season that I've seen anyway. Her, you know, her her touches on the ball were, you know, top notch. Uh, but even more so today, the flicks, some uh, nutted, nutted a few people. Like the the weight on the passes were great. She was um, beating uh, beating quite a few of their uh, uh, players for pace as well. This she was. If you watch the match on the weekend, this is exactly what Grace uh, Gill brings to the competition. I thought that was her best game of the season. Anyway.
3: Yeah, every season you're. I, I asked her a couple of times last season. Every season, I think she's she's wondering how long she's going to keep playing. Uh, when you see how she played this weekend, she's she yeah. was full of confidence. She's clearly comfortable, um, and, and she her confidence yes yeah, speaks speaks volume on the field. Like you said, she was. Um, comfortable enough to try those next to go one-on-one. Uh, she was outpacing um, most of the players uh, and it's great to see for Grace. I mean, you know, she's, she's an amazing player in the competition seeing her at that level is just making the whole competition even better. The next matchup
2: saw Canberra Olympic um, defeat Wagga City Wanderers 6-0. So an emphatic win for Olympic there. Uh, the goal scorers were Sykes with a double Hardwick, um, Vandenbroek and Cook uh, with a penalty and carry, uh with an own goal. Um, it nevertheless an emphatic victory uh, from Canberra Olympic that catapults them into third place. Uh, so that's a great position uh, for them in the league table. Um, you know they're coming off the uh, the back to back back losses to the te- two teams that are ahead of them at the moment in Belconnen and and Croatia, but you know they showed their improvement. They've shown their improvement, sorry, uh, since the beginning of the season uh, in those encounters. And, you know, all of those goals in particular, Ash- Ashley uh, Sykes' second goal was was great. Um, you know, it was a great um, piece of uh, team play there. So um, a lot of confidence will be brewing through that Olympic side, um, most definitely. On the other side of things, you know, not the best day in the office for August City. Uh, the, these defeats will only sort of provide a learning curve uh, for, for the girls uh going going forward and, and the new players that, that they've managed to uh bring in and it, it'll only make them stronger uh going forward you, you whenever you sort of experience a heavy defeat it's always good to you know make yourself think of it in in a positive light and whilst the result can be hard to deal with you, it's a good chance for sort of you know for the team to reflect and say where, what areas can we improve in and what areas can we you know nullify this happening again and you know performances will only get better from that if we well, do that so um, a good win for Olympic uh, Jeremy wasn't
3: it yeah exactly and and every weekend we speak about it but uh the goal difference will matter at the end and and with those six goal uh, Olympic takes over um, two of their rivals and and can be third instead of being fourth uh, and they needed that because they've considered quite a few Uh, all season. Um, I think it was a a very good game. I think if Olympic scores at the fourth minute. It's always going to be really hard for uh, for Waga, and the goal came off a set piece uh, from Mali Cook to to Ash Sykes. Um, yeah, then after that it's hard because Waga has to try and um, come back to the score and, and open up a little bit, and you can't you can't open against an Sykes. Ash Sykes, Syke, sorry. Uh, they they had they had a good game. Waga City, as usual. We again we said every week, but Samyem's uh, in in goals made a few saves. Uh, unfortunately for them, uh, you know, Olympic all season were conceding a few goals because they were making mistakes or because sometimes Aurelia Haynes uh, wasn't on top of her game this weekend, Aurelia Haynes, the, the keeper from Olympic, um, she was just, she was just all over, all over it. Uh, you know, she, she made one mistake at one point that almost cost a goal, but she uh, picked it back up just before I crossed the line. Uh, but you know, whether it was in front of um, Christina Grava-Campos or in front of um de uh, she, she just had the best save that she could get and probably the best game that she's had this season, Aurelia Haynes, which is, which is very, um, you know, very reassuring for Olympic as well, because we know how good they are offensively, Mm -hmm. defensively, um, they were doing well, but still considering a few, a few too many goals. If now Aurelia Haynes is, is growing into a role uh, and, and, you know, making those saves that are going to be very, very important as the games go by. And and as we get closer to the finals, um, then they're going to have a real, um, you know, they're going to, have a real possibility to make it to the semi-finals for Waga, You know, we, we, we said it before, um, Sam Gray struggling to have um, a strong 20 players week in week out um, because of injuries and the like the, the team played well uh, at the end. It just looked like it was too much. You're talking about the importance of the score, uh, Michael, and how it's important when you concede six goals to bounce back um, they, yeah, they, they need to, to bounce back and to fight themselves. The, the scenes that after the sixth goal where Carrie, uh, um, she scores her own goal and then she just asks to be served because you can see her head, her head is uh, is down. It's uh, it's heartbreaking to see. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just going to be, it's a young, a young club. It's a young team. Uh, they're working well. They're going to find, they're going to get their break against another team, D- that, that they already beat twice. Uh, it's just you know they're learning the hardware right now and, and hopefully they'll be able to uh, to bounce back. But Canberra Olympic is is definitely um, getting strength and strengths as as the season goes. The
0: next matchup is Gungala United three, Canberra United Academy two. Pennyfield Natalie Demarco with two goals as well, and then Christofferson and Perry with the goals for Canberra United Academy. Very big win for Gangalan as it puts them only one point off the top four now, and they are in fifth place. And they did it without Michelle Heyman as well. Correct? Okay. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that was correct. Uh, e- Erica Pennyfield. <laughs> Erica Pennyfield scored one of her uh, signature strikes from just inside the box over the keeper's head. Very good stuff from her. And uh, Natalie DeMarco, Her both of her goals, she sort of just poached up front and uh, took advantage of the two, of the two uh, fumbles from the keeper. Another loss for the CUA, though, uh, which means they haven't won in their last five matches now. They haven't won since they got that massive victory over Canberra, Croatia. Uh, So this now, but this loss though, compared to the others, is probably the most significant for the CUA because now they're out of the top four and they're in sixth place. But in saying that though, they're still only one point behind the top four. But like we mentioned, first time out of the top four in a very long time for them. Thoughts on this one, Jeremy? And more important, um, and uh, after you give your thoughts, please let me know what your thoughts are on CUA Academy because it seems like a bit of a free fall at the moment.
3: Yeah, exactly. Massive win for Gangalin. Um, we we said in the pod that we thought they had a good season, but they were not able to get any points against any of the of the top three, top four, uh, and now they get a very important win because without that win, they would have stayed again too far from that top four we expect them to to finish at the end um and without michelle heyman like, like you said the, the team played well the, the two goals from natalie de marco although it's 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 great uh for natalie because they are poachers goal and real strikers goal when when she's not a striker uh coming off a mistake from crueling call which uh which we didn't think we were going to see this season uh, after the the amazing start that she had in the competition uh but gangalin just just plays better and better as, as the season go and plays what we expected them to play at the beginning, right? Uh, finally getting into what their football is. The academy, I think, had a good game, you know, minus, minus uh, considering three time, three goals. Um, they play what we expect them to play. They play with a lot of intensity. Uh, there's a bit of, there's a bit of, Issue finding the strikers from the midfield somehow. Um, although those girls have played together for a while, um, you know, Sofia Christopherson uh, has to has to go and get the ball more often than what you'd like her to be you know you'd like her to just get stuck on her wing offensively and wait for the ball to come so that she can finish uh yeah there's a bit of struggle offensively for for the academy you know they'll tell you that they're not here for the result they're here to develop the the players and uh and so they're not going to be worried too much about not getting the results uh but you expect a little bit better from them and right now you expect better from them uh defensively uh because that that's what it's hurting right now they're considering. um they're considering more goals than they're scoring, obviously, because they're losing. Uh, so that's what they they want to avoid. And with Chloe Lincoln, what we've seen against camera Croatia, we thought that they had this uh, this really really strong goalkeeper that's unbeatable. Uh, well, I mean, you know, she's only human, so she's making some mistakes as well. Uh, but it's um yeah, it's it's a free fall, like you're saying, five games without a win. You know, what was the win against camera Croatia, um, like a, a bit over celebrated? Did they see themselves too good? Uh, you know, did maybe for a minute, the players maybe forget to listen to their coach and thought that they, they've made it and now they're going to be able to win every single other game because they beat the, the best team. Uh, yeah, you know, knowing the, the work that Vinglingon wants to do with her team as well, uh, you expect them to bounce back and she's definitely going to put uh, a little bit more, um, you know, defensive discipline within that team to make sure that uh, those goals don't happen, that everyone is focused 100% of the time because uh, Natalia Marco. Does really well getting those goals, but there's no defender uh anywhere close to Chloe Lincoln to try and protect her in case she fumbles the ball, uh, which is something that's an, that's an easy fix, right? Uh so yeah, in addition of this, plus getting a little bit more um a better execution offensively, you know, they have the talent at a hand, Christopherson, Nikita Perry who scored this weekend, of course, Tasha Grove in the midfield. Um, they should be able to get better results than what we're seeing now. Um, against Gungarin that's in that type of form, it's always going to be hard, but um, they'll want to, uh, to bounce back straight away this week.
0: I certainly will. And uh, talking about our teams in a good form at the moment, West Canberra Wanderers, Michael, uh, getting a victory this weekend. Uh, what were the circumstances of it?
2: Well, it was heartbreak for Tuggerong United. That's what it was, Matt. Um, you know, West Canberra Wanderers come away with a 2-1 uh, win um, at Tuggerong. Um, goals uh, for Whitfield and McKenzie late um, in, the, in the second half or well, not too late, 75th and 82nd minute, but you know, you're know, taking that into context with uh, Tuggerong United who opened the scoring through McGee in just the second minute and last week we talked about how close they were to getting a win, Matt uh, and the exact same circumstances were, th- were there again uh, against West Canberra. It looked like you know, they had 15 minutes there to, to continue to hold on to get that first win of the season that we all want to see them get. Uh, but unfortunately, it's just not the way that it that it played out. and uh, The football gods just weren't on their side, unfortunately. Um, you know, um, they obviously led for a majority of that game. And, you know, even after they conceded, um, they scored uh, a goal to get, get the lead back, but it was dis- disallowed for a for a foul on the the goalkeeper, uh, which is just, uh, you know, really unfortunate. And then, obviously, West Canberra go on to score the second goal and take the 2-1 win. Um, They'll be happy to... uh, I think West Canberra will obviously be happy to, first and foremost, get three points, especially after being 1-0 down the majority of the game and then to score two late goals to steal all three points. Uh, It obviously makes them uh, three wins in a row uh, for them as well. So they're hitting uh, their stride fantastically well. Um, And it keeps them uh, in fourth place in the top four. So a lot of of positives to take out of the result itself. Maybe not the performance for the 90 minutes, but in terms of the result and what it means in terms of three wins in a row and keeping them uh, fourth, it's fantastic for them. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this one, uh, Jeremy? Obviously, I touched on how heartbreaking it's been now for tugging on the last uh, couple of games. But, I mean, they've just... Um, they've turned things right around, haven't they? They're, they're putting in some fantastic performances and you can't help but feel that, you know, hopefully one day this effort and um, courage and drive will eventually... Get them a win,
3: yeah. Hard work pays off. Uh, and we're seeing it in the in the last couple of weeks for, for Nong where finally they they almost get the result that we uh, that we think they deserve. Uh, you live and you learn, I guess. You know, last week they uh, they concede at the very end. This week, uh, they thought that they had it very early on, and then they're able to hold off uh, for a good hour and something, and, and then they concede twice again, uh, and, and they concede twice on on like a, a set piece and then a ball across. Uh, it, it's it's hard because it's also where we think that they are the best defensively, uh, right, right in the middle of the pack with uh, with Ashley Condon. It's it's really hard for, for Togrenong. We really thought that they were having it. And then, like you said, when, when they do score that second goal, uh, it, it's disallowed for, uh, for for full-on-the-keeper. So when it doesn't go your way, it doesn't go your way. Uh, yeah, d- disheartening, but you know they look like uh, they've shown us how hard they've worked, even against the best team, even when they were down uh, 2-3-0. So I'm sure that they're going to keep working hard, and I'm sure that they want the win even more, that we want them to have it. Uh, so, so I have no doubt that they'll keep uh, fighting for it. Uh, for West Camera uh, Wanderers, it, it's great, you know. Um, no, no more Jaber, no more Stanbury, and and they keep getting results. They are struggling to get that results uh, in Tergenong. They have to wait until the last fifteen minutes, uh, but they are showing that they have spirit. They are showing that they uh, they are going to fight together until the end. Uh, you know, Sarah Sarawit Field, the centre back, is found uh, all the way at the top to make sure that she can bring her team back into uh, back into the points. Uh, and now they are still in, in fourth place, like you are saying. Uh, if they keep Working that hard, and if they keep uh, scoring goals when it mattered most, um, they'll keep getting points, and and you know they'll they'll show everyone that they are um, that they are a good group of players that that you know was put together by Zemanbury, and and is still uh, staying together despite whatever happens um, in the middle of the season. So uh, so it, it is a good result. Uh, you could see the happiness in the, in the troops after the goal from Mackenzie, uh, Alex McKenzie, like screamed in the middle of the box and everyone jumped on her. Even Janet King ran all the way through the, through the fields to, uh, to hug her. So uh, it was a relief and, and they were happy that they fought that hard to be able to get the three point and, and they get them.
2: Absolutely. Matt,
3: yeah.
0: On
2: that.
0: Like, like, like you mentioned, uh, Good win for West Canberra, considering the role they're on now. But yeah, unfortunate for Tuggerong United, I was watching a, a good chunk of this one switching between the matches and I was impressed with Tuggerong. And it's like you mentioned, I, I think it's a good uh, word, heartbreaking for them, but they'll take confidence out of this one knowing that they the win will come. I said it last week, but it's definitely going to come and credit to them. Uh, let's move on to the round 13 predictions. And I mentioned Tuggerong, unfortunately, and this is another reason why I think it's unfortunate they, that they didn't get the win. Uh, when they were leading for the majority of the matchup is because they're facing uh Belconne United this weekend. Belcona United, Tiger United, Saturday, June 10th, 3 p.m. in McKellar Park. And the reason why I say that is because Belco are going to be raring to go. Yeah, you could tell uh you know the Belco weren't happy with uh the with the overall performance and the loss against Canberra Croatia, so they're probably going to be out for blood in that regard. Um, so I'm gonna go for Belcon United win. But in saying that though, uh, there's no reason uh to say that Tigranong United won't show up and uh, be just as solid defensively as they were in that matchup against Canberra Croatia in the first round of fixtures, where uh, it was, what, 2-0 for literally 80-something minutes, and they were very impressive defensively. Uh, Michael?
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there, Matt. I think Belconnen's ultimately going to get the win, but I think we are going to see another spirited performance uh, from Tigranong United, just to show how far that they've, that they've come um, you know, especially in the change of, of management after Aldridge left. Um, I mean, they've looked a rejuvenated side and, um, you know, they're putting in some great performances, although, you know, they've gone through some heartbreak over the last couple of weeks in terms of just looking for that elusive first win of the season. Um, I don't think it's going to come against Belcott United, but um, it will still be a tough game. They just have to remain defensively disciplined. Uh, for as long as they can. Like you mentioned there, Matt, before about how they were able to do that for large parts of their last game against them. But I do think Belkonen will win.
0: Jeremy?
3: Yeah, Belkonen as well. It's two teams that want to bounce back, but the talent in Belkonen, of course, is uh, is there. They're not second for uh, for no reason. Uh, and then seen what happened last time, Canberra Croatia faced Long and Canberra Croatia won 12 1, which gave Canberra Croatia the lead again. Uh, I think Belkonen is going to to go out there to, um, for lack of a better word, to hurt Turgonong and to try and score as many goals as possible so that they can go back to where they want to be, so that they can grow their confidence back. Uh, I have no doubt that Turgonong is going to go up there with, um, you know, with the best intention and, and with a very, very solid defense. Uh, they they can hope if they can um, if they can hold Belconen scoreless uh, for, a good half or something, then there'll be doubt in the Belconnen minds, and then maybe they can do something. Uh, it's going to have to be a, a pretty special, um a pretty special performance for Tagalong to try and get points there. So yeah, I'll go for Belconnen.
0: And next matchup we have West Canberra Wanderers against Gungala United. This should be a very interesting one. Sunday, June eleventh, twelve forty-five p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. Let's not forget West Canberra Wanderers do, Wanderers do have the upper hand over them. I know a few things have changed since then with uh, Emma Stambry and Tiana Jay believing, but they've been on a good roll themselves, uh, West Canberra getting three in a row. Um, Gungalian United, though, starting to turn the corner. I know they didn't get the victory against Belco, but where Matty Moore and I mentioned last week on the show that they were their defensive performance, you could tell, had already uh, turned, turned a corner in that regard. Michelle Heyman should be back for this one as well. It's going to be a very, very close one. I'm going to say Gungahlin will sneak it. Uh, Michael?
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw in this one. I think it's going to be evenly matched uh, given the three-win streak that West Canberra are on. Uh, Gungahlin United, a lot of a lot of positives to take out of that loss to Conan and then to come back and get the victory against Canberra United Academy will do them a world of good. Uh, and the returning Michelle Heyman will obviously play a factor as well. Um because of her quality up front as we all know but I just think that all those elements could probably cancel each other out and both teams sort of walk away with a draw. Jeremy,
3: I'll go for a for a and win as well. I think they are uh, they're hitting their stride at the moment and and they're just um, like I said getting going from strengths with strength Frank and getting better this season. Um, so yeah, with all the with all the good things that we've seen from West Canberra. Um, I think Angarin will, uh, will go to Melrose and take three points.
0: Next up, we've got Wagga City Wanderers, Canberra Croatia, Sunday, June 11th, 2.30 PM at Gissing Oval over in Wagga road trip for Canberra Croatia. Uh, it's, it's never easy going away from home, uh, traveling to the Riverina. but like we've mentioned, Canberra Croatia at the moment, just they're they just seem unstoppable at the moment. They're really hitting their strike compared to the start of the season. And even if, uh, and, and we all know their depth at the moment. If I know, uh, even if they don't, some of their players don't travel, they've got plenty of depth to back it up, which is saying they didn't have last season. So I'm going to go with Camber Croatia here. You, Michael?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for uh, Camber Croatia as well in this one, Matt, for the same reasons uh, that you mentioned there. They're the top dogs in the competition at the moment. They're playing the best football and they've got a whole lot of confidence uh in their side. So I'm gonna go for them. them? Uh, Jeremy.
3: Same, Camera Croatia winning away. Uh yeah. For the same reason there's a there's a there's a difference in, in level unfortunately between those two teams. And yeah, again it, it takes something really, really particular from from Magasi to try and get points. So I'll go for a win for Camera Croatia.
0: And this is the matchup you should be doing, uh, I believe, or I believe you are doing, sorry, with yep. Matty Moore on Bar TV Sport. Can- Canberra United Academy with against Canberra Olympics Sunday, June 11th, 3 p.m. at the Hawker Football Centre. This is going to be an interesting one, especially with C U N in the bounce back and Olympic in really good form. Uh, considering the momentum and considering the way that Canberra Olympic have been playing at the moment, they've been really impressive uh, Ever since I saw that match against um, Gengali United where they got the win, I saw that this team's really has this team is really starting to gel and they're really starting to build something special there at the O'Connor at the O'Connor Club. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with uh, Olympic victory here,
2: uh, Michael. Yeah, me too, Matt. I'm going to go for Olympic um, on the back of that um, emphatic victory that they got uh, and purely just uh, for the reasons against Canberra United Academy at the moment in terms of their form, and they haven't won in the last five games. And I just don't see that those fortunes will turn around in this game in particular. So I'm gonna go for Canberra Olympic. Jeremy?
3: I'll go for for the academy uh, on this one. You know, despite the the recent run of forms, I think they are definitely the kind of uh, team that is able to level up against the the better teams, as we've seen against uh, Canberra Croatia. Uh, you know, whether it's age or, or or whatever, they found the motivation against the the best players. Um, so I think we'll see uh, we'll see how good they can be uh, against this kind of teams and you know they're home they're on their synthetic uh, i think that's going to be the game where um where they're going to be able to get a result to make sure they get they stay in touch with the with the top four so yeah uh, academy win at home
0: like i mentioned that match will be on bar tv sport this weekend 3 p.m tune in to hear maddie moore and jeremy McGann break down that matchup live as it happens I should be better great, by stu- uh, great stuff jeremy thanks for coming on as always any last words before you um Head off and uh, get some rest, hopefully.
3: Uh, no, thanks for having me, uh, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks, Matt and Michael. And Matt, thanks for the the call last week as well. And uh, and go Denmark for the Euro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, look, if Italy don't win it, i love Denmark to win it. That's the team I want to win yeah. it if Italy don't win it. That's yeah. it. I want Denmark to win it if it's no Italy. 100%.
3: I just want Denmark to win it regardless. What a story
0: I won't be, be a mad if they win. I won't be mad at all. <laughs> I won't be mad. Now, if like Spain or it. England, though, no, that's a different story. That's a different story. <laughs> all Thank right. you,
3: boys. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you.
0: All right. Now we are on to MPL 2 Michael, what's our 1st matchup of the weekend?
2: Yeah, so we had Walker City Wanderers up against Queanbeyan City. And I mean, the away side, Queanbeyan just put uh, on an absolute clinic, uh, which, you know... It's something that we obviously expect uh, from this Queanbeyan team. You know, like, it feels as though they can score six goals on any given day, uh, given the amount of uh, goals and people that they have in their team, uh, players, I should say, that they have in their team that can just find the back of the net. And that's what they did uh, against Wagga, picking up a 6-1 win. Uh, Luke is getting on the score sheet for Wagga City. Uh, Queanbeyan had Shields, who scored four in this one. Uh, so massive from Mark Shields there, the veteran striker, uh, Adams and Keita adding goals uh, for Queanbeyan. Obviously a tough day at the office for uh, Wagga, um, you know, uh, coming up against a Queanbeyan outfit uh, that, you know, possesses so much attacking talent and th- the sheer pace and intensity of, of Queanbeyan when they, get, when they get going and when they click, they're, they're very hard to stop and um, and I think at times this season they haven't really been able to find that uh, click. Um, I think in you know import in the important games as much as they would have liked. But regardless, in in, in this matchup they were they were extraordinary, and it, it's exactly the win they and the momentum that they want heading into you know the O'Connor Nice clash that they that they have uh, that we'll delve into uh, when we talk about the previews a bit later on. You know, Mark Shields obviously the star of the day with with, with four goals and midfielders Adams and Keita capping off their displays with a goal as well that's all you can really ask for if you're Gabby Wilk um question is is if they lose this one against O'Connor does that put a bit of pressure on them heading into you know the the fixture with White Eagles but all those sort of questions will be answered um but obviously uh that's another reason why it it was an important win against uh Wagga Russ what, what did you make of this one
1: Whenever you travel away to, to places like Wagga and New Ghali, you want to put on a, a, a performance to come away with three points, whether that's 1 0 or 6 1 in this instance. Um, it's important to get the three points. A statement of intent, to be honest. Uh, Mark Shields scores four. I think that's 11 in his last seven for the striker now. Puts him joint top of the Golden Boots with Sam Carters at ANU with a dozen apiece. Uh, Michael, Keeters, um, Michael, Keeters, Michael Adams has now scored in five successive matches. Um, so he's finding his, his mojo at the right time of the season as well. It's a pretty impressive display, isn't it? I mean, Wagga City at home, um, I haven't got the figures to hand, but their record's not too bad. But it, it is tough to go there. Not many sides go there and win 6 1. And it's the perfect setup for Queen Bion for this weekend's match against O'Connor Knights um, with your, your star striker scoring goals, your creative players creating goals, um, your defence not conceding many. Looking good for Wagga City. Um, it, as you mentioned, tough there in the office uh it is a tricky one for them um that this season is one of rebuild. we've mentioned it um in the podcast over the last 34 episodes also <laughs> it's Absolutely. a rebuild it's been a rebuild for the whole of this season t- um to be honest and uh Dave Leonard continues to build and they will do so as well as they can if they can keep the same group together um they'll be able to do something next season as it is uh Queen Min City uh probably need a win this weekend and we'll mention it in a bit yeah and before we move on, partly why I
0: asked that is because, you, like, like um, Michael, sorry, like Michael asked that. They, they, if they lose against O'Connor, if that puts pressure on them against White Eagles, then they're gonna. What, what is it? Four points. They're yeah. away now. Maybe more with the match in hand. It, it, it might just start a spiral for them. That's why it's even more important this matchup. And like Russ is going to mention, it's going to be on Bar TV
1: yeah we'll be um yeah. we'll talk about i'm sure we'll talk about that the fixtures in a bit but i mean uh, to go back to your point yes yeah. they they, they big important win they're all important they can't afford to drop off i mean o'connor and Anne you're relentless at the yeah. moment they keep winning um and nothing nothing but promotion will do for queen Bain city i think this season yeah. and they need to win on the weekend and you more talk about the midweek fixture with the white eagles yeah they beat them seven nil at home yeah. that means nothing in those games you know what they're like. You both, yep. You've both been to them. You've probably played in them yourself at some stage. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great derby matches and they're ones that you want to be involved in. So previous results go out the window. But they've got to keep winning because so do these other clubs we're going to talk about in a minute. Indeed. And one of the
0: next matches we do have, uh, the team that Queenie are going to face on the weekend, O'Connor Knights beating Western Molongolo 4-1. McCarron with two goals. He's on fire this season. O'Rourke and Misich with the goals for O'Connor Knights. And then Delali scored the goal for West of Malonglo. Big win for O'Connor Knights, like we mentioned. uh, because they need to stay um, on top with ANU at the moment. Like Russ mentioned, they are relentless at the moment. Both teams, like we mentioned, also gives them very good momentum heading into the Queen Beer matchup. Tough day at the office, West of Malonglo, who they're still dealing with a good amount of injuries um but like i mentioned uh in the interview with uh, ned jeans which you can see uh on the facebook page there um they have had a good uh, sort of spell um uh, they got the win of course over Wagga city wanderers away from home that uh, they did fall to brinda bella in that catch-up 45 minutes like we mentioned the uh, the catch-up 45 minutes is always a bit of a tricky match to play because it's not exactly a full match is it so um but let's not forget uh, this was also a matchup where Western Molonga actually drew with uh, uh, O'Connor Knights in the first standard of fixtures. So, Russ, what are, what's your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Good win for the O'Connor Knights. Um, Western Molonga is a tough place, tough team to play against. They've not been as good defensively this season as we thought they were last year, and uh, which is a shame because they've got it right at the other end, haven't they? And in yeah. Abdulrahim Dalahi, they've got a, a, a young striker that seems to be scoring every week. Um, unfortunately for them, they, they're not keeping them out. Um, they conceded. The, the four on the weekend, they conceded a couple in that in that rearranged game. You mentioned, well, four, sorry, in that rearranged game as well, um, which probably won't um, give Ned Jean's, uh, you know, very sleepless nights as well, conceding those goals. But it's O'Connor Knights and they're, they're, they're a tricky side to play against. Um, they've got players that are in form. They're winning games, aren't they? They're 31 points, I think it is. Is that right? 34 yep. 31 points. Um, same as ANU New they don't lose many. They've got goal scores around the park. And I saw the fourth goal. Was it Misich to Misich? A little backyard backyard uh, player football between those two, and a nice finish as well. And the Knights, good value for their win. Western Molonglo will need to regroup again for this weekend. And um, if Ned can get it right at the back, which he's shown he can in the past, they've got enough quality over the over the field to uh, to cause problems for other teams.
0: Yeah, I agree. It seems that it seems to me that uh, Western Molonglo also seem to be. Um, getting their mojo back in terms of going forward, like you mentioned there, and they have uh, over the past few weeks, and Ned mentioned in the interview, I suggest you go watch. He's very honest. He's, he, he, he said he, he, he felt he got things wrong as a, as a coach at the start of the season, and they finally started to alter the way they play, and it seems like um, they're reaping rewards in terms of moving forward. But like we mentioned, uh, when, you have, when you're dealing with that many injuries as a coach, it's very hard to deal with, and we'll touch on O'Connor Knights a little bit, Later on in the Queenbian matchup. So, Michael, what's our third matchup of the MPL two round?
2: Yeah, we had A new pickup pick up a victory uh, against Brindabella Blues, uh, that keeps them. You know, uh, you know, they stay at the summit of the MPL two uh, via goal difference. Um, we've got goals um, through Kagler, Carters, and Weiner. Uh Brindabella Blues uh, scored a spot t- spot kick. Sorry, uh, through Lawrence three uh, one victory for uh, Anu um, keeps them top of the table. Um, they went uh, two up uh, early in this encounter against uh, Brindis. They scored just before half time uh, to give the advantage uh, heading in uh, in ANU fashion, they dominated chunks of you know possession and that's something that we're obviously very accustomed to seeing from uh, AnU outfits in MPL2 uh, and they created a fair few uh, good good chances as well. Uh, on the flip side of things, you know, the Brindies uh, did have a, have a positive uh, coming into this one. You know, obviously, we, you know, defeating uh, Western Malonglo in the catch-up half, which we just talked about. Um, uh, takes them above Wagga and off the bottom of the table. Um, and, the, and they started brightly uh, in this matchup. up uh, they, uh, they were able to force a penalty in the ANU box uh, with Zach Lawrence, obviously, converting from converting from the spot, like I mentioned, uh, to get them back in the matchup. Uh, but unfortunately for them, you know, ANU scored before the breakout uh, to put, put to put the game out of reach. And this ANU team at the moment is just uh, phenomenal. They're just, uh, like O'Connor Knights, those two teams at the moment are just picking up wins after wins after wins in mpl 2 this season. Ross, what, what did you make of uh, this match?
1: Very important for ANU to get the three points, wasn't it? Because O'Connor won again. And how important was that third goal? Because that's the goal that puts some... them top of the table, doesn't it? By a goal difference of plus 21 to plus 20. It's so close between those two at the moment. And the pressure will mount for both these sides during the season as, you know, the first thing they're going to do when they come off the field is how did, how did O'Connor go? And O'Connor, how did New go? They can't afford to slip up because everybody, they keep winning. Um, and even when they both, they both drew, they've both drawn on one game this season, even when they do slip up, the other ones can't take advantage of it. So... A big win for them, Um, and you just keep trucking on again, and we've mentioned it before. Um, They played on the AI Synthetic, I think, which is um, probably useful for ANU in terms of the way they want to play their football. Um, Adam Cotapadero's got a really good group of players playing around there. They knock it around, um, as you said, Michael, and and they've got um, goals in all positions. Sam Carter scored again, 12 for the season for him as well, which is a great return after only uh, 12 rounds, and there'll be plenty more to come before the end of the season and Jan Voina got himself on the score sheet too. He doesn't get many the big centre-back but he's got one there. For Brinda Bella, um, tough to back up again after about 45 minutes in the week and uh, a hard game for them. Uh, nice for them to get a goal through Zach Lawrence again. A lot of pressure on him now that Curtis Schaefer's moved on to Belconnen but um, yeah, I think, a you deserve to win this one and um, they left Lionel Messi on the bench, didn't they? Didn't even get in the squad. They, announced, that. Him, they announced him in the week, yes. didn't they? And, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, turned, he's turned them down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, between that and the Super League, Jza and you have been on a roll, and not to mention being a top of the MPL uh, too. Very progressive club, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I'm pushing towards just... the Super
1: League and looking chats with Messi, and offer him a degree in something or other.
2: <laughs> what would he? What would he study?
1: Or what? I mean, it wouldn't be anything to do with football, would it? Because he's got all of that, and he's got all that down pat. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe for his uh, for his uh, post
0: career, I don't know. Maybe a business. I mean, he, agree, uh, I don't know yeah. enough
1: about him off the field. He might be—he might be a nuclear physicist, for all I know. I've got no idea. I mean, as long as he keeps scoring beautiful goals, I'm happy. <laughs> right.
0: All right, let's move on to the uh, last matchup of the round. We have got Ugali big victory, two-one over White Eagles. Um, like I mentioned, it's a, the reason why it's a big victory is because this puts Ugali into the top four. Now we do—we did mention White Eagles do have a match uh, matchup in hand, but now it puts the pressure on them to try and get a victory. To get into the top four now, and that is against Queenian uh, City, and we all know it's going to be tough for both sides in that matchup. Uh, from all accounts, though, um, they did well to force White Eagles off the ball. White Eagles started with possession, but they kept handing over possession quite a few times due to the pressure and uh, and the way um, Ugali pushing them up front. And as we all know, Ugali like to uh, stretch uh, the um, the <coughs> Stretch their opposition with the uh, the wide pitch they have over there at Solomad Stadium. Like, like I mentioned, not good for White Eagles because this drops them out of the top four and puts pressure on them. Um, but uh, and some bad news for them: Ben Townsley, uh, Tori's hamstring as well. I wasn't able actually to get a to get an update on that. I was supposed to get one, and he um, did go get a scan today. So uh, best of luck for him in that regard. So what are your thoughts on uh, this matchup, Russ? I echo
1: your thoughts on Ben Townsley. I hope he recovers well. A critical win for Ugali, wasn't it? You look at the points on the table. The gap between them and uh, Queen Bean City is six, as it is. I mean, so effectively, the top three for the final series uh, are probably secured, near enough. Even though we've got ten rounds to go, um, those three pushing for that one promotion spot. Then you've got um, two teams playing for one spot, really. And with the fact that they keep winning around them and losing to the teams above them, it's vital that you beat the ones that you're playing against and. They've done extremely well to come from behind. We mentioned the, to- the the away trip for White Eagles, really tricky one to do. Um, four o'clock kickoff, got the lead through David Rodriguez, couldn't hold on to it. Two goals in a couple of minutes in the second half. Uh, Danny Roche with his eleventh of the season, and far. and um, young Donadell with the winner. Um, very much like the grand final one with a chip from out wide, saw the keeper off his line and dropped one in. So a great win for Ugali, and it's it might be one that kickstarts their season. It's not been what Luke Santolin would have wanted. I think six wins, six losses isn't quite the Ugali we've seen over the last couple of years. But I think you take into account that the, the recruitment that the teams have done above them and the recruitment that they can do in Canberra compared to what Ugali can do in their very limited pool of players that they can pick from. Uh, to even get into the top four this season would be a big achievement for them. Giving themselves a big, big boost with that because even though you mentioned that White Eagles game in hand, I'm sure the Ugali boys are looking at that going, well, they're playing Queenie City. They're not going to win that, so this three points for them is absolutely massive. It certainly will be,
0: and I'm I should be talking to Luke Santelin sometime this week, so watch out for that on the uh, the Facebook page where we'll get into everything Russ just mentioned there. So, Michael, what is the first matchup of the weekend, round thirteen?
2: We've got Wagga City uh, Wanderers up against Canberra White Eagles uh, Saturday, July tenth, two fifteen at Gissing Oval. Uh, I'm going to go for. White Eagles here um, I, I think they need they need a win um, to obviously keep their position uh, inside the top four they definitely have slipped um, over recent weeks uh, and they're really sort of struggling to keep up with the likes of Caribbean City and obviously uh, beyond that in uh, O'Connor and, and ANU who are the front runners in the comp at the moment so um, but regardless uh, I can see them getting a win uh, away from home in Wagga
0: yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'll go for an Eagles uh, victory on this one, but I think it's going to be very close. I wouldn't count out a draw as well. Like, like we've mentioned, Wagger's a tough place to go. And I remember there were circumstances in the matchup between these two last time, but uh, wagga did get their first victory of the season against White Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, 4-2. I know there was a red card in that in that matchup, but you have to beat what's in front of you. And Waggaard did very well that day. So I wouldn't count out a draw or even a wagga victory in this one, but I think uh, Eagles, like you mentioned, with the, the pressure on their back,
1: they'll uh, just be able to um, get one this weekend. Any thoughts on this one, Ross? Yeah, an early red card to Ryan Bros, the yeah. White Eagles goalkeeper in that one, swung it in the favour of Wagga City. But their pace caused yeah. White Eagles a lot of problems in that day. Um, depending on who's available, it might do so again. I mean, White Eagles don't respond too well to players that have got sheer acceleration. But as I've mentioned before in this particular podcast as well, nobody likes playing against pace. It's one thing defenders hate. Um, you'd expect White Eagles to have a bit too much quality, but a trip to Gissing Oval is always tough. Um, Eagles will want to emulate what Queen bean City did last week and, and put on a display and come away with the three points. And as I said, whether it's 1-0 or 6-1, it won't matter to them. Three points is a must.
2: Absolutely. Uh, next, we've got Western Malangelo up against ANU, the inform ANU, uh, this Saturday, July 10th, 2.15 at Woden Park and closed. I mean, I'm going to go for A&U. Uh, they're hard to stop at the moment. Um, they just... They look like a, a train that can't stop at the moment, you know? Like, you can put things in front of it, but they're just going to keep on going. So um, I expect them to get the win uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you a lot at the moment, uh, Michael. It's a bit weird, know, but uh, think it, it think seems to be a thing the show ahead. at the moment. But, yeah, look, Western Malongo is still a little too many injuries to deal with. Uh, with um, an ANU side like you mentioned that are just in terrific form at the moment. It's hard not to see ANU get a victory here. But yeah,
1: yeah though, I think I agree with both of you. To be honest, they'll expect to come away with the three points. It's a tough place to go and um, Woden Park against that Western team. As you said, with all the injuries that they've got and with the form that a and are in, you just expect them to, uh, to come away with the points.
2: Uh, next up, we have Brenda Bellar Beller against Yulgali, uh Saturday, July 10th, 3pm at Aiton Park. I'm going to go for a Ugali win uh, in this one. Um, Obviously, we talk about the struggles of Brindabella, but on the flip side, Ugali, you know, they they got a fantastic result uh, to get themselves in the top four, and I expect them to build on that now. Um, So uh, I'm going to go for a Ugali win uh, in this one.
0: This is going to be a very... I think it's going to be a very tough matchup for Ugali. Uh, Travelling away from home, they've had mixed fortunes so far, but with the likes of Roach and whatnot, who are currently on fire at the moment, like you mentioned, t- topping the uh, the scoring charts with Carters. Yeah, I think it, this is going to be a very intriguing matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, back and forth, quite a few goals maybe as well, but I'll, I'll go with the Ugali victory in this one, Russ.
1: Yeah. You, you'd like something that happened last time. Was it five, four in the yeah. round six encounter that they had at, at, in Griffith and, um, Danny Roach will like that. He scored four times. So he'd be happy for another for another afternoon like like that. As you mentioned, I think there'll be goals of plenty in this one. Both sides will go for it from the off. I don't think there'll be uh, two, two sides that are looking for a defensive point out of this one. Um, much as with uh, Canberra White Eagles going against a team that's lower down the ladder that you'd expect to get three points against. Ugali will expect the three points from this, but they must get them because we expect Eagles to win. So Ugali must win to keep the pressure on. It's it's going to be like this for the rest of the year, I think. It's yep. tip for tap.
2: Absolutely. And obviously the last uh, fixture is the big one. Queen City up against O'Connor Knights. What a game this is going to be, Saturday, July 10th. 3.15, High Street, Queanbeyan. Yeah, this is going to be tough. Uh, I'm more inclined... I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards an O'Connor win just based on the fact that a and and O'Connor are just in such great form at the moment and look like they can't be stopped. But, I mean, this is going to be a very tough test for O'Connor to get the three points and, and keep up um with A especially only being down by uh goal difference at the moment by one goal. You're playing against a Queen City team that's just hit six uh goals against um against uh Wagga. So I mean it's gonna be a very tough game uh but but I do think O'Connor will will edge it. But it will speak uh volumes if they're able to to get away uh with a win in this one. Especially when you take into consideration, A, and you were playing, uh, you know, Western Molongolo as well, they're expected to win this game. There's a lot of pressure on O'Connor uh, to leave Bean with all three points, but I think they can do it.
0: Yeah, look, this is a very tough one to choose. I went with the draw based solely on the fact that the pressure's on Queen and they've got a lot of big players. They know how to step up in these matches. But we all know, I don't think there's a lot, going to be a lot of goals in this one because we've seen how much O'Connor yeah. have improved defensively this year compared to last year, for example. And Queanbeyan have improved defensively defensively as well over the last uh, five or so games. That's something you know, uh, people haven't really mentioned about Queanbeyan in the last like month or so. But yeah, look, I'm going to go for a draw solely based on this. I think there's a lot more twists and turns to, uh, to, um, to work out in this season. I think Queanbeyan will be in it for a little longer, even if ANU and O'Connor end up breaking away. And in terms of ANU breaking away, if O'Connor get a draw here, O'Connell fancy their chances because um, this season they did get the victory over ANU, and we all know those matches are usually very, very close. And I'm sure Russ is about to mention unless it's the final. But in terms of a uh, league season play, it's going to be close. So I'm going to go to draw on this one. Uh, you, Russ?
1: I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. If this was last season and we were sat here, you'd say a point for the Knights is a good point away yeah. at Queen Min City. But because we're going for NPL1 promotion this season from any club in that division, um, you look at it and go, well, well, point might not be enough because a and you and you will possibly win against Western Mononglo. So, what this does mean is that both sides will go out there on the weekend knowing that they have to get three points, which should mean for for a very entertaining match. And um both sides are packed full of players that you, you'd pay money to go and watch as well. I'm sure we're going to get a decent crowd down there as well. Um, as Matt mentioned earlier, it's live on Bar TV. Um, our 1st mpl NPL2 offering. And thanks very much to Queen Bean City and O'Connor Knights for stamping up the funds for us to be able to do that. And a huge shout out to Zoran Dukonoski and his committee and everybody that's built that wonderful platform um, that we're going to be shooting from on the weekends. It's a really progressive club um, for them to actually do that. We asked for a piece of wood to stand on and they built this magnificent structure, which is going to have a roof on it eventually, which will mean that um, when we hopefully get more mpl 2 games under our belts... Um, it'll be nice and dry if it's raining Andy Bennell will join me for that one as well you know Andy Bennell, he'll call a spade a spade so it'll be an entertaining 90 mm-hmm. minutes of football to um, to watch on Bar TV um, but I'd, I'd say to you guys if, you, if you're available come down to the game because I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be cracking Queenia City do it do it well down there they've got some good supporters O'Connor have got some good supporters as well I'm expecting a very entertaining football match I'm expecting Goals. I'm expecting it to go to the wire. Um, I don't think either side is going to run away with this one, and it should be one of, if not the, the most entertaining game we get to watch this year. And, and fingers crossed, it won't be the last time we do an MPL two this season. Yeah, fingers
0: crossed. Hopefully, it isn't in that regard.
1: All right, that's uh,
0: that's us done for MPL two. Uh, thank you very much, guys. And before we sign off, uh, Russ, any last words? it's coming home. Is that, is that what yeah. so, I mean? I had to get it, it in, is, in somewhere. There it if, is. if you don't say Russ next week, that's because maybe there might be an Italy, uh, England final. And then uh, one of us will be at each other's throats anyway. Oh, so to I'll be say, honest, uh, if,
1: if England win next week, I'll be out on the town for about a month <laughs> or for probably about 35 years till they win something again. Now they've, uh, they played really well against Ukraine and, and got, got the win. It was a, I mean, again, they probably expected to win um, look good on the set pieces, Great defensively again, but they've got it all to do again. There's no point winning one game if you're going to lose in the next round. And Denmark's going to be a tough, tough gig, isn't it? I mean, and you've got a t- tougher gig, I would suggest, against, against Spain. Oh, it, should be, it should be interesting. I mean, it's despite how
0: people think Spain have played, let's not forget they always step up four matches against Italy, as you know, can be seen in the Euro 2012 final. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, any last words, Michael, before we sign off?
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately... Macedonia didn't make it that far, did they? Hey, so. They
1: made the country proud, especially Goran a pandemic. To be fair, you're, you're as good as France, so when Jeremy comes on, you could mention that to him as well, Yeah, because <laughs> they, they're they not in it anymore either, mate. So, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought North Macedonia, they were good to watch, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I thought they were. And, and their fans brought yeah. a lot to it.
2: Look, I think it was only uh, Macedonia and Turkey that were unable to get a single point in the tournament, but I think more or less it was just a victory in itself for Macedonia to finally play at a major tournament. So I was very proud that we were able to be on that stage amongst, you know, some of the best footballing countries in the world. And, you know, it was great to see us play against, you know, sides like, you know, the Netherlands, uh, Austria and, and the Ukraine. So um, hopefully they can build on that and set our goals a little higher for the next um, major tournament we make.
1: And Goran Pandev scoring yeah. probably was one of the highlights of the tournament, wasn't yeah. it? Someone who wears Absolutely. his heart on his sleeve and a one kind of goal? Just rolled it in the net. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's a legend. He's a legend of yeah. Macedonian football. So he got the proper send-off that, that he deserves. A fairy tale send-off as well. It's one of the sort of feel-good stories of the Euros so far. So, yeah.
0: It certainly was. And uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. That was M- uh, uh, the uh, MPL2 review and that was episode 35 from us here enjoy the weekend of football it's going to be a cracker thank you